what's jacking up your cortisol is all in here. And that cortisol is staying high all day long. And what we don't realize is that cortisol is naturally pumping out glucose, right? Because this is the way the body was meant to perform so that we would see a saber-toothed tiger, we would pump out glucose so we'd have the energy to kill something. Now, adrenals, cortisol, glucose, 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 all day long, not being pumped out because of sugar, being pumped out because of stress. Welcome to the Redefining Sales podcast, where we reimagine and redefine sales in a digital world. In this new series, we have absolutely scoured the world to bring you only the best of the very best. We will be working with each of the thought leaders to unpack all of their years of experience, their pearls of wisdom and nuggets of gold into bite-sized chunks that will enable you to redefine your sales. Welcome to the Redefining Sales Podcast. My name's Abby White. This week, we have an absolute treat for you, but it is a healthy treat. We have the incredible Michelle Chevalli-Hedge. Michelle is a nutritionist, but as she is thought of by many, she's the modern day nutritionist. Not only that, Michelle comes from a corporate background, being ex-Microsoft herself. What we're going to talk about and unpack today with Michelle is how you can play a high performance game, how you can succeed in corporate, but also taking into account well-being and nutrition from a realistic and pragmatic perspective. What I love about Michelle is her realistic approach. It would be so wrong of us to have a podcast that focuses on redefining sales, playing a high performance game, if we only talked about the day-to-day skills that we all think of. So much of high performance actually comes down to that foundational measure, which is our well-being, our nutrition, our sleep, and so many other factors that Michelle is going to unpack in this conversation. Michelle is a highly sought after corporate speaker. Not only that, she is an author of several books, including Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies, Healthy Hormone Diet, Eat, Drink and Still Shrink. And she brings an amazing sense of humor to this conversation. Michelle is so well thought of that she was actually invited by Sir Richard Branson to a leadership summit on Necker Island, where she met with 21 world leaders to talk about what is their secret. And of course, I asked Michelle in this conversation, what is their secret? And so we will be unpacking that within our conversation too. So grab your pad, pen, get ready to get stuck in, in this conversation with Michelle, and let's lay some solid foundations together to play our high performance game. Welcome to this week's Redefining Sales podcast. We have the amazing Michelle, as you've just heard in her bio, what an incredible lady. Um, I am so excited to have Michelle. Not only is she an expert in her field, but she also comes from a corporate background, having worked for Microsoft, as I just explained in her bio. And so I think she has so much to share with our audience and can speak firsthand from personal experience. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Abby, so much for having me on and particularly um, the ability to talk to this audience because 
I really get this audience because all of you is what I used to be. So, you know, eating my KPIs and, you know, trying to um, improve on my career or climb up the corporate ladder, but yet go home and feed my family and um, do a hundred loads of laundry and think about the sales meeting the next day. So I get it. I know what it's like to be in the hot seat and do the juggle, but I also know what it's like to want to be healthy as well without an extreme approach. You know, I like mm. if anybody was to tell me when I was at Microsoft, you can't have wine and you can't have coffee, I'd be like, okay, bye, see ya. I can't take that advice. <laughs> I think that's the only reason I can be friends with you is when I first met you and I heard about your approach that was very realistic and it wasn't, you know, cutting out all the wine, cutting out the chocolate, cutting out everything and wasn't extreme. It was realistic. I was like, okay, we can, we can be friends. I can get on board with this. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe this to be true since the day I started studying nutrition, which was over 20 years ago, while I was still working at Microsoft. And um, extremes don't work. But um, yeah, real food does and tiny small hacks do. So let's get into talking about all that. Yeah. So look, one of the reasons, just to give context, I guess, for everyone listening and watching, um, one of the reasons in particular I wanted Michelle on is the more I have studied about high performance sales and marketing professionals and corporate leaders, um, so much of it isn't just about the skill set or the knowledge or the experience. The more I dive behind, I'm just absolutely obsessed with it, those high performers. Actually, there's that foundation of well-being mindset and 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 general health and so on and that's why I felt it was so critical to have you on we can talk about the latest sales hack or marketing hack or whatever it is but I feel we're missing a core piece of the conversation without addressing this and it came up in particular with in the previous podcast series we had a guy called Chris Modell on and he yes. approaches sales as a sales athlete and I love that and everything right. he does is from his fitness routine, his mindset routine, um, his food, his nutrition, everything. And so I think that kind of brings me to ask you and, and sort of kick off with, you've seen people play high performance games. You work with, you know, amazing corporates. You work with amazing CEOs. What do you think really is the key to some of the high performance game? Okay. So there's so much in that question. So I... Sorry, I'm uh, question. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea of um, at the sales athlete. The If we start to look, and I will encourage all of you to think about this beyond this podcast, is start taking a mental note of all of the people that you know that have high performance, right? And that you see as, as good communicators, pro, uh, full of productivity, energized, creative thinkers, strategic thinkers, good communicators, vibrancy. When you look at those people that you admire, have a look at their foundation. 99% of the time, Abby, they will be people that dedicate as much time to their physical, mental, and emotional well-being as they do on their education for their career path. Right. So, um, Abby, I think, you know, two years ago, just on the eve of COVID, I was asked um, to attend Richard Branson's Leadership Summit. 
which was purely remarkable because I actually thought it was a joke. I thought I was being asked to attend there. And I actually thought it was my friend Chelsea Pottinger uh, having a joke on with me. <laughs> It's so funny because I didn't even respond until they actually phoned me and said, Michelle, this is a Virgin's office in, J J in New York. Um, are you going to be going to Richard Branson's home for this leadership summit with 20 leaders from around the world? And so that's about that for a minute. Did you have yeah, to just exactly right? So hashtag that's my brag. But the important part of that message is if you look at some of the world leaders, if you look at Richard Branson, Elon Musk, um, heck, our very own Pip Marlowe, who's running Salesforce here in Australia, uh, Steve Jobs, right? I used to work with Steve Jobs in my early days at Microsoft. All of these people have put a remarkable amount of time into planning their careers. What does it take to build their academic success? What does it take to improve their communication levels? What does it take to be a high performance person in that academic sphere? They've taken time to plan that and to prepare for that. Why wouldn't each of us take the same amount of time to prepare for our physical and mental well-being through nutrition, sleep, and exercise as part of our foundation? Because quite often, Abby, I will do a keynote presentation and people will just go, wow, Michelle, everything you said resonated. I, 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 I understood the highs and the lows of sugar. I understood the inflammation part. I understood the cognitive dysfunction. You explained this like, a, like such a lay person. I get it. But wow, that's going to take some time and planning. And I go, what? Every single thing you do that you've excelled in in your life has taken time and planning. Why wouldn't you take that time to do that for this and this, because without this and this, we've got nothing. Mm. So, so, so my answer to that, Abby, would be in a, in a quick elevator pitch. When people are looking after their nutrition, sleep, and exercise, that often means that they then have also the ability to stress hack. So when we look at those four foundations, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and stress hacking, those are the pillars of well-being that will be your foundation for everything, whether that is the top CEO, top politician, or top mom in your house, or, or, or father in, your, in, in your, 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 um, your own family. That is the foundations for true well-being on every single level, no matter what job you're doing. Mm, I love that. I actually thought of it this morning. So for anyone who is listening, I'm looking pretty sleep deprived today. My little one fell out of his bed last night. He's just transitioned to a bed. And yeah, my sleep was at a low today. You know, you're diving into the coffee. Um, you know, it, it's not a great foundation. You know, it all feels so much harder. And it's really interesting. It made me think of this morning when I, I decided to push myself out the door for a quick run. And I thought Jacinta McDonald, who I interviewed in the podcast, when she was building Anytime Fitness, she said every time it got hard, she doubled down on her well-being. So when they were going through their massive growth to the enormous success that they have had, 
and she knew she had a lot on her plate rather than going, well, now I don't have time to exercise or I don't have time to eat healthy. She actually went, now's the time I need to double down. So as I forced myself out for a run this morning when it was the last thing on the planet I wanted to do, I thought of that. And I guess that kind of echoes what you're saying, which is the CEOs don't, they don't skip it. The, absolutely. And and I say this all the time, and you've probably heard me say this before, Abby. The secret sauce, the common thread to all of these people is this. They protect what they eat, how they move, and their the importance of their sleep with their life. They do not compromise and they do not talk about it. They are very humble and they account for it nearly every day consistently. So by that, I mean, when they go out to dinner and they all do often, they don't order the chips. They might order a side of broccoli, but they don't say, hey, I'm ordering a side of broccoli. They just do it quietly and gracefully as part of their being, just the same way we brush our teeth every day. They do not say to people, oh, sorry, I'm stepping out for lunch for an hour. And then they go to a spin class. They just say, I'm stepping out for lunch. They do not say, oh, I'm going to bed early because I need my sleep. They just go to bed early. They don't make excuses because they know that is what gives them the X factor. Oh, you have just said that so, so well. I feel like I almost need to print that out and put that on my wall. <laughs> it's true. It is absolutely true. And and once you've heard that now with my crazy New York voice, you won't be able to unhear it. But what you will do is you will start to observe the people that you admire the most in business and you will see and you will watch what they do. Now, this doesn't mean that they don't have the odd night where we had many of these odd nights when we were down with Richard Branson on Necker Island, where we stayed up too late, where we had too many drinks. And so that should be all part of life because life Life should be rich and full and beautiful. However, when you start to get into a consistent pattern of doing this and you feel so good the next day and you're like, wow, this is crazy. My brain's on fire. I'm communicating really well. I am connecting with people better. I have far better creativity and better vision when I'm in this space. You tend to have less and less of those big binge nights. But hey, I even as a nutritional medicine practitioner who's the author of a couple of books, I still do it. You know, and life is to be lived. My my current book is called Eat, Drink, and Still Shrink and dot, dot, dot for the busy person. And I really wrote that, Abby, for people like you, me, and everyone that's on this call. It's things don't have to be perfect, right? The key to success with nutritional well-being is a couple things. One, when you eat right, it has a direct knock-on effect to how you sleep. How you sleep has a direct knock-on effect to how you handle stress the next day and your ability and your desire to exercise. So actually, if you look at it all, it's bi-directional highways all around, right? One feeds into the other. But the key to this, and this is a really important messaging in my books and in all my speaking, and in my next book is actually called Tiny Habits of Wellbeing. It's all about tiny habits. It's about creating, thinking about all the things that we can change and improve on and just nudging them very little. Because when we nudge a little 
and let's say hypothetically, okay, let's say um, you want to move your world into eating more real whole foods and less processed foods. Rather than saying every single meal I'm going to make sure is real whole food, I'll have nothing packaged, nothing canned. Now, the first week when you're moving in, just say, hey, my dinner, it's never really going to be out of a package. It's going to be, you know, piece of beef. It's going to be some salad. It's going to be real whole foods. It's not going to be anything that's manufactured. One meal a day. That's enough. You sit on that for two weeks. Third week, hey, maybe it's going to be two meals a day. That's going to be like that. I'm just using this as a hypothetical example. Um, I want to drink more water. I want to ideally consume two liters of water a day with a squeeze of lemon or lime in it because I know vitamin C is good for my collagen and my immune status. <laughs> and, and so you go, oh, I'm going to drink, you know, two and a half liters. Of water. No, no, no. If you're not a water drinker, start with committing to one glass of water every single morning of your life. It's a tiny little hack. And then the next week you go, okay, you know what? I'm going to start carrying around a water bottle with me. And so what happens is when you're nudging the dial on these small improvements and you, and you go, oh, I could do that. I've done it for a week. It's pretty easy. I didn't feel like it was deprivation. I didn't feel it was painful. All of a sudden you've created a habit that you go, I could do that. And then you can add a little bit more and a little bit more. We all know there, there probably isn't a human alive right now, Abby, that's just lived through the last two years of COVID that isn't aware that improving our well-being is going to be part of our immune status and a part of our weaponry against COVID and the variants, right? So why aren't more people doing that? Why aren't more people moving to eating real whole foods, low sugar, low inflammatory foods? Why? Because they think it's too hard. They think that the jump is too big. And so my the, the importance of what I do is to say to people, no, 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 don't make it that big. Because when you make it that big, you, you, it's too big to even jump. Do it small. Do it tiny, make it so easy and unpainful that you go to the next step. And then the next step, and the end of the month, you go, I can't believe I'm doing this kind of healthy thing. I'm so pleased you talked about that because I think that's the barrier. You know, I, I always talk about this. that I don't think a lot of the time it's lack of knowledge. You know, we know we should drink more water. We know we should have our fruit and veg. We know we should sort of do that. We know we should do exercise. Um, so it's a lot of the time it's not lack of awareness or education, it's lack of the right habit. And I think that's where a lot of us, and I include myself in this, get stuck, is it's that first step. It's that first point of building the habit that I think is that hardest point, because otherwise, like you said, it feels too big. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I guess I've always intuitively known that because this is the way we have been teaching and educating. We have clinics all around Australia and we have our books. And this has always been our philosophy. However, over the last couple of years, I have um, studied positive psychology. And because I was asked by the World Positive Psychology Conference to come in and talk about anxiety, depression, food, mood, and the evidence-based research on how that connects. And so this brought me into this world of positive psychology. So then I went on to study it. And so it really came 
really glaring to me that this was so obvious. This is why, as you said, people are educated. People are aware. They just think that it's too big of a jump. It's too hard. I can't do that. And then they realize, oh, I can, I can enter this slowly. And then it sort of becomes contagious because you're like, hey, wait a minute. People on the road today are nicer to me. And I always go, no, people are nicer to you today. You're nicer to you. And when you're nicer to you and you're feeling better about you, the world is nicer. Yeah. One thing I'm following at the moment, um, so I have a, I can't quite believe I'm going to share this, but I have a theme for every year. Um, and I have like a, a phrase or a word that I want. I've literally got it to the side of me on my desk. And what was interesting for me is I've stuck to this year, um, never miss twice. So the James Clear Atomic Habits book, yes. I thing that, you know, yes. you are always going to have a night when you fall off the horse or, you know, for me, when the little one's falling out of bed or, you mm-hmm. know, is sick or daycare is closed or whatever it is. So there's always going to be an occasion where something comes up, but never miss twice and get back on the horse the next day. So almost be kind to yourself that, yes, it will happen. You're not going to have a 100 percent hit rate. And I found that approach as well. Like, and exactly what you're talking about with your next book theme, the tiny habits, it just makes it feel more achievable. Absolutely, Abby. And and here's the here's a key message is that you cannot fail at this thing called nutrition, right? So so I think this will resonate with lots of people. When you fall off the wagon and you have a binge night and you have pizza and you have too many martinis or margaritas and you just have that big blowout, be in it, enjoy it embrace it. Don't be guilty while you're doing it. That's so silly and such a waste of time just to be in it, right? Where we go wrong as humans is the following day, we beat ourselves up. Oh, what did I do last night? That was horrible. I'm going to starve myself today. I'm not going to eat anything. And so you start this hate binge uh, cycle with yourself, right? So let's hypothetically say you had the binge night, right? Then the next day, I'm going to starve myself. I'm only going to have water. Well, by 11 o'clock, your blood sugar is so dropped. You're ready to chew your knuckles off. You're ready to, you know, bite your partner's head off and forget about talking to your colleagues, right? And so then we binge because we, our blood sugars drop so low. We're trying to starve ourselves because we're angry at ourselves from the night before. I say, no, no, no. Go and have that binge. Be in it, enjoy it, hashtag no guilt. The next day or the next meal, pick up a clean meal, some sparkling water, just re-pick up, but don't perpetuate this hate cycle or this guilt cycle. That's silly. That is really where people fall down. What we want to do is get your blood sugar back up, get your brain thinking, feed yourself some good nutrients and rock and roll. Go with it. Yeah. I love that. So I want to change gear a second. So you obviously have worked in the corporate world where you've got that target to hit, you've got that KPI to hit. And I think for a lot of our audience who are in leadership roles or in sales and marketing, um, it's a high pressure game. If you have not been in sales and you're paid on commission, you have a target to hit, um, the, the clock starts again every single quarter and you start from zero. It, you know, a lot of us, and, and I have been true of this as well, hit burnout. Um, It's a high pressure cooker game. And one thing I love about what you talk about is you talk about building your mental resilience. Mm -hmm. And so I want to dig into that and sort of understand it, but also understand the how, because again, we can 
we can appreciate that message and go, oh, great, I should build up my mental resilience because I'm in a high pressure cooker, cooker game as a career. But, but how do I do that practically? So can I dig into some of that topic with you? Because I know from your background, you yes. know this game and you've played that game. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, um, okay, so I'll just go back to those four fundamentals and protecting them with your life, right? Eating real whole foods that are not full of lots of sugar so you don't get the highs and the lows. So when you get the highs and the lows, what you're doing is you're hijacking your cognitive function, right? So, so you want to be as clear as possible with your cognitive function. You want to be as productive as possible. So protecting that nutrition, which tends to protect your sleep because when you're crowding in so much good food with eating three times a day and keeping your blood sugar right, you tend to sleep really well. And when we sleep really well, we know we are much more, we have greater ability for our cognitive function, strategically thinking, um, creatively thinking, all of those assets and attributes that are high achievers. We want to be exercising. We know that exercise from an, I can show, I can put up a thousand studies, exercise and sunlight, the combination with sunlight, proven to be almost as effective as any pharmaceutical medication for anxiety and depression. So right there, you've, when you've built that foundation of those three things, those three things give you the ability to stress hack. Those three things also, from a biochemical perspective, Abby, give you the ability to produce more serotonin in your body and these neurochemicals that make us happy, that make us see things more clearly, that give us the ability to dampen down the cortisol, dampen down the adrenals, see things a bit calmer and a bit clearer. And so I can, I can delve down into the biochemistry of serotonin, but just this is really important research out of the last 10 years is when we used to talk about serotonin and being the happy hormone or the calming hormone, right? We used to all point to our heads, right? And when doctors would talk about serotonin, they would talk about it in terms of an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And this is what people take for anxiety and depression and mood disorders. And I am totally on board with pharmaceutical drugs and doctors and things like that. There's a way where medical uh, nutri nutritional medicine practitioners and medicine come together. It's beautiful, right? But here's the thing about this serotonin in these pharmaceutical drugs, right? And we point to our head. What we know now to be true, and this is only in the last 10 years through evidence-based research, is that our serotonin, 95% of it, is manufactured in our gut. So when our gut is being fed real whole food, not inflammatory foods, not high sugar foods, when its digestion is rocking and rolling and your intestinal mucosa is happy, guess what? Are we going to minimize the risk factors for things like anxiety, depression, and mood disorders by maximizing our serotonin? You betcha. And to me, I think, Abby, you know, I'm mental health ambassador for Australia. 
I could not think of a better thing because mental health and mental resilience is multifactorial, right? There's many reasons why a mental resilience falls flat, many reasons why we move into mental health disorders, multifactorial. But if we can use food for 1% improvement to get that stamina we need, that cognitive function we need, that vitality, that little sassiness that we want, all of those things, wow. You betcha. 1%, 2%, 10%. We're not even sure yet how much more improvement we can get. The research is emerging on this hard and fast, but that is just something that people should really be aware of. And it's so interesting because um, I think over the past year, I don't know whether it's just the people I tend to follow or maybe I like you, I'm friends with Chelsea and hang out with her too much, but there's so much talk of gut health and it kind of it feels like as an outsider who is not in the industry it feels like there's a sudden fad and like fan club for gut health without going sort of um I guess too advanced down it at a basic level for people like me what do we kind of need to understand that if we go okay one of the cores and the foundations putting it in my simplistic language is gut health yes Yes. Uh, Apart from sort of real food and starting there, like what else can we be considering to try and improve our gut health? Because you hear so much stuff of you should be taking your probiotics, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. There's so many what I feel um, I get confused by all the fads and the myths. So I kind of almost want you to bust that for us and go, right, simple, Mm -hmm. basic. Here's what we need to do. I think that that's really um, an interesting um, just note, Abby, right? So there used to be a lot of white witchcraft around nutritional medicine um, because there wasn't a lot of money going into research in that space. And that's going to be one of the winners coming out of COVID is the amount of money that's being invested in nutritional medicine as preventative immunity, preventative mental health, right? Staying one step before COVID, one step before a mental health breakdown, which to me is amazing because I've always been a believer in that even before we had the research. So, um, okay, so so let's, let's just hone down on three top things for our gut health. Not only is our gut health super important for our mental health, but it's also super important for our immune system because our immune system also lies in our gut. So that's the reason why gut is the topic because it's not just where our serotonin is made, but it is also where our immune system lies, right? So a healthy gut is, is, is of utmost importance. First hack, first thing, the, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is moving to a low sugar diet, right? So my first book was called Beating Sugar Addictions for Dummies. So I wrote that book 15 years ago. Why is that? Because when we have lots of sugar in our diet, and I'm not talking about natural sugars, I'm talking about processed sugars, that sugar creates something called dysbiosis in our gut. So it's all of a sudden going into our gut, like let's say through processed foods or healthy muesli bars or healthy soft drinks or too much juices and things like that, these things that we or healthy yogurts, the things that we think are healthy, but they're still packed with sugars. When that sugar goes into our gut, all the gut bugs, right? There's good ones and there's bad ones. All the bad ones go, yeah, party, sugar's here. I'm going to grow 10 times because sugar's here. And this is what creates something called candida dysbiosis. This creates burping, 
farting, flatulence, IBS-like symptoms, feeds things like IBD. You don't, don't need to get too technical here, Abby, but everyone on this podcast would know. If you have a digestive disorder and you're bloated, and you're cranky, you're not sitting around the boardroom table thinking constructively, creatively, strategically, and, think, and being a very good communicator. No, nope. you're thinking about where the toilet is. That's what you're thinking about. And you're thinking, why do you have tummy pain? So number one, start to reduce the amount of sugar that is in your diet. Crowd in so much real whole food that isn't packaged and processed. And when you crowd that in, you will see you have less need for sugary things, right? So that's point two. One is step away from the sugar as much as possible, but crowd in. So eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because when you're keeping your blood sugar balanced, this is what is being fed, this beautiful thinking brain of ours. And when that's being fed, and you don't go into a sugar low or a blood sugar low. It's when you go into the blood sugar low, you're looking for the banana muffin, you're looking for the music bar, you're looking for the triple shot latte, the bag of jelly snakes. I used to have like a half half a banana muffin, which was which is now the size of a doorstop, and half a bag of jelly snakes before I went to bed because I was busy, I was deserving, I was hitting my KPIs, I was juggling children, and I was eating these healthy things at night, which had 10, 20, 30, 40 teaspoons of sugar before I went to bed. So my blood sugar was on up. So guess who was lying in bed at 12 o'clock at night, tired, but wired? Me, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, so those are, those are two key things that I would really recommend people to try to put foremost in their mind. Move to a low, lower sugar way of life, not a no sugar way of life. That's silly. That's extreme. A lower sugar way of life and start to crowd in real whole food. Do not skip your meal. People, this is what the biggest thing I see in corporates. People send me lunch. Michelle, look at this salad. It's full of antioxidants, cabbage to make my bowels move, flax seeds for, to lower my cholesterol, all the things that you've talked about, Michelle. This is my lunch. And I go, good luck with that lunch because at three o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to be banging into a vending machine because there's no protein on it. There's no smart carbs on it. You're going to be chewing your knuckles off or you're going to be laying with your hands on your head and you're going to go, oh, I have iron deficiency. Oh, I've got glandular fever. No, maybe you have none of those. Maybe you're just not feeding yourself and feeding this big, beautiful brain of yours. Yeah. And I think one thing that's interesting about that is um, I feel as if, and I was in corporate for sort of 10 odd years. And I think when I was in corporate, there used to be a badge of honor of, oh God, I, I worked so late. Oh, I didn't even have time for lunch. You have time for lunch? I don't have time for lunch. And it used to be a badge of honor. And one thing that I feel now is that's starting to change, which I think is a good thing. But I know even with myself, I have to catch myself on the days where you go, I'm too busy to eat or I'm too busy. Even, I'll give you an example. I was really like up against it before our podcast and went, nah, I need to be able to remotely focus, particularly after a bad night's sleep. I'm gonna grab a couple bits to eat, grab like a glass of water. And I have to force myself because it's not necessarily natural to not skip because I'm so busy. And so in a way, 
I like the fact that we're reducing that badge of honor and starting to make some sensible decisions about that. Because I think, again, back to your point, you know, and what this podcast is all about, if you want to play a high performance game in sales, marketing, leadership in your career, then that's kind of got to stop and stay in the past. Abby, I think that is absolutely spot on and hats off for you to know that, that you've connected your dots to know when you are feeding yourself well, and I mean physically feeding as well as mentally nourishing yourself, you know that you're at top of your game. And I, I can share many, many stories with you from many corporations that I work with. And then I move on and work quite closely with their leadership team. And so many of them would have, would say to me, you know, Michelle, I already considered myself somewhat of a high performance person because I'm in this executive role. I, I do lots of these things. But now what I do is before every board meeting and every important phone call is make sure I have been I fed myself well and I'm hydrated. I have some CEOs that say, Michelle, I won't even take an important call unless I know that my blood sugar is totally balanced and I'm on the ball. And, and the interesting thing is, Abby, some people on this call will not be able to resonate with that. They, they won't. Uh, but, but trust me, once you start to move into this space and you start to realize the connection between that there is nothing more powerful than that. That is, I, I call that nutritional transformation. We could call it well-being transformation. Because once you start to connect the dots on how hydrating and feeding yourself helps with your sleep, helps with your mental function, you sort of go, oh, this is the powerhouse. This is what it is. It wasn't the vitamin B in her bag. It was the fact that she was feeding herself all around, you know, good health. So I, I love the fact that you've connected those um, dots, Abby. And, and my hope is that as people start to enter the workforce, young people, they start to lock on to that sooner than later. And they realize the power of that. Yeah. And it's, a, it's hard. Like, I think I don't find it necessarily the most natural. I'm almost talking to myself like a small child going, go get that glass of water or go get food. And I don't always do it. I am not perfect. But at least if I can try and do it more times than not, um, or even just little resets, like my neighbors must think I'm insane. Because sometimes between calls, when I'm absolutely up against it, but I got two minutes, I will literally walk to the end of my drive, quickly grab some sunshine, reset myself and walk back in. So I find that this is what I really appreciate about what you're talking about. It's a lot of those tiny habits. It's a lot of those tiny hacks and those one percenters that start to help. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And people who don't do those resets, Abby, just like you said, those two minute grabs, those five minute lunches, sit in the sun, have something calm to eat, no noise, no distraction. What's happening often to them is their cortisol is running on high all day long, right? From the time that they wake up to the time that they go to bed. So let, let's, let's finish with this key concept that I see a lot in corporates. So when people talk about insulin being disrupted or people starting to gain weight in weird ways or all of a sudden getting blood pathology and being diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome or getting all of a sudden a funny chubby belly where they haven't before, right? And these people, let's say, are not bad eaters. Let's say they're okay eaters. Okay. 
got that person. They're okay eaters, right? But something's going on. They're not quite sure, but something is going on with their bodies, their insulin. They've been diagnosed with PCOS or hormonal dysfunction, or all of a sudden they're gaining weird weight. Okay. So take this person. This person used to be me. The alarm would go off at 5.30, jump out of bed, grab my double shot cappuccino or espresso, whatever it was. I'd have like 20 minutes to get to the gym, 20 minutes to do something and back and to change stations with my husband, Stephen, because we had three little kids at the time. And so, and then, but by the time I got to the gym, I already had bike rage. And when I got into the spin class, I had spin rage and then I get off the bike and then we get another triple shot. And then, then by the time I get to work, I was all jacked up all hyped up and my adrenals were already going, right? So then you hit work mode and you're on, you're on, you're on, your brain is thinking. Not only you're constantly thinking about work and particularly in the last two years for all of you juggling all this uh, COVID situations, right? But then you're also thinking about some of the stress things that happen within your own family. So whilst there's no saber tooth tiger coming at you to jack up your cortisol, What's jacking up your cortisol is all in here. And that cortisol is staying high all day long. And what we don't realize is that cortisol is naturally pumping out glucose, right? Because this is the way the body was meant to perform so that we would see a saber-toothed tiger, we would pump out glucose so we'd have the energy to kill something. Now, adrenals, cortisol, glucose, 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 glucose all day long, not being pumped out because of sugar, being pumped out because of stress. And these people are developing insulin resistance, prediabetes, polycystic ovary syndrome, dysfunctional hormones, et cetera, etc. Because when our insulin starts to go like this and go cuckoo, we get all these inflammatory oxidative processes going on in our body. So this is a real, it's like people often say, hey, Michelle, that's interesting. You're talking about insulin, which usually relate to food, but you're talking about it relating to stress. I would say, Abby, people on this call would have more of an issue with stress and what it's doing to here and here, then probably food, right? Mm -hmm. So part of this key messaging is big takeaway. Take time to develop a habit that reduces that cortisol at least once a day. It can be as simple as you said, Abby, walk to the end of the driveway, do a couple deep breaths, collect some sunshine, decompress, reboot. Super important. Thank you. That resonates so much. And particularly someone who has been through the corporate burnout and all of that. And still to this day, it's something I have to work very hard on. um, That really, really resonates. So I would love to leave everyone with, if there was going to be just one thing that people could do, we've talked about the one percenters, we've talked about start small, we've talked about building the habit. If there's just one thing out of everything that we've talked about, because you've given us so much gold, where would you start? I'm being um, me. I will start with the title of my current book. 
Um, and I'm going to change the name of it a little bit for you. So the current name is Eat, Drink, and Still Shrink. But what I'd like to say is really eat, drink, and be merry. Because life is very, very short and very, very precious. And I think those people that put themselves into too much of an extreme and to trying to tick every box, life's not like that. Do the best that you can. Be happy with doing the best that you can. Try to do that as consistently as you can. And when you're not, don't beat yourself up. Hashtag no guilt. Thank you, Abby, for having me on. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to put links in, um, links for where people can find you. Where's the best place to follow you? Are you typically LinkedIn, Instagram, all of them? Where are people best to find you? Yes. I say how I put my little name on the bottom of the screen. You may not see it, but www.ahealthyview, not, a, not an extreme view, ahealthyview.com. So yeah, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, after you listen to this podcast, I invite anybody to reach out to me. There's a whole team of us. Um, it may it may be a week after you listen to this podcast and you might have a personal question. Please, I invite you to email me, to direct message me on Instagram. Um, I always leave a presentation like this, particularly with somebody like you, Abby, that I just adore. Um, and, I, and I hope this comes across as very sincere. When you reach out to me, do not say, hey, Michelle, saw the podcast. I'm sorry to bother you because I will always say this. You are not my bother. You are my purpose. I love what I do. So reach out to me for anything. Oh, thank you, Michelle. And thank you so much for your time. We have got so much gold out of that conversation. And I think it's the perfect time of year to have this conversation. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Abby. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in. Now, before you leave us, if you would like to download our latest white paper on the state of sales and marketing, which unpacks four steps to drive hyper growth in your business, please visit whitepaper.salesredefined.com.au. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. And finally, we would absolutely love it and appreciate it if you could leave us a review and maybe even share with a friend. We'll see you next time.